0: add value every year tax planning you got to pay taxes yeah. every year and the rules change sometimes three times in the span of a month right uh, <laughs> Sometimes so after
1: the taxes have already been done that's
0: yeah, exactly right uh, uh, Jeff. I don't know if you know taxes might change like in the next hour as yeah. we're recording this so yeah. Um, yeah. As, as an advisor your ability to stay current on that and to calm your clients down but also to really do tax planning to not just and this is something I emphasize with my clients and I think is a really valuable piece the value and the goal of tax planning is not to reduce your tax bill to zero. The value and the goal should be to keep your lifetime tax bill as low as it should be.
2: Correct, yeah. Right? As professional financial advisors, we strive to build a brand that portrays mastery.
1: The tragedy is that we can easily lose track of what true genius is, the ability to do the common uncommonly well. Finance, just like fitness, is built on simple, functional principles. You pick things up, you put them down, you get stronger, right? Functional finance is about getting back to the basics, diving into those fundamentals,
2: and resisting the urge to chase the noise. Jess Bost is a retirement income certified professional and the vice president of brand partnerships at Alpha Architect. Due to industry regulations, Jess will not discuss any of Alpha Architect's funds on this podcast. All opinions expressed by Jess and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Alpha Architect or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For more information, please visit www.alphaarchitect.com.
1: All right. Good morning. Hi, Ben. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, Happy
0: to be here. I almost, I forgot. I didn't start with it, but I mean, I want to be part of the team. So
1: there we go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Yes. The the hat thing is, has become kind of a signature one because I don't have to do my hair as much.
0: I mean, you say that, like, I don't have to do my hair, and I have none, and your hair is flowing, so
1: yeah, but you do what you got to do, here, but like, here.
0: right, sure, yeah. <laughs>
1: everybody's got the problem right there right so the hat no, covers not, it all
0: yeah when you don't have any it's it's much easier so
1: so no I love it and I almost uh, it's funny I almost emailed you ahead of time like no ties no suits
0: well I almost emailed you ahead of time because while well, it's backwards this is the front words I grew up in Los Angeles Ooh. so I'm a big Dodgers fan so congratulations to you, you all even though baseball season ended like two weeks ago, like congratulations <laughs> for like the pretend baseball season that I guess happened after the Dodgers season ended. So, you know,
1: mm-hmm. enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. You're this welcome. is, this is, this is one to celebrate. It has been a while and we have been on the other side of that Dodgers game as well. So sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a sweet, sweet, sweet season. So thank you for that. You're um, welcome. that's hard. That's hard to say. I know it. It <laughs> happens side.
0: so often now that we just, get we just move on.
1: <laughs> fair. Oh uh, well, Ben, uh, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Uh, well, I have a little fun part of the podcast that I do every time, which is ask my guest all about their fitness. Okay, so if you, if you can uh, humor me for a few questions, I'd love to know, first of all, what is your favorite thing to do, either in the gym or outside? What's your favorite exercise?
0: Uh, well, I mean, if it gets to be outside, I love playing basketball. Okay. I played basketball in high school. Um, got away from it for a little while when my kids were younger and it was just hard to get away for games and now in the neighborhood that i live in been able to play with a group of other folks who sometimes used to be i was very jealous because when they worked from they were working from home and working from home for me was not a thing they would always play at lunchtime. then this little pandemic thing happened and everybody started working from home but basketball disappeared and then um (laughs) And then it came back yeah, with vaccinations, and I was working from. So now it's sort of back. So I still play with the mask. That's my favorite thing to do. But my newer, it's climbing in terms of favorite is. I don't know if you have this, Jess. You're you're a weightlifter, so like this is not going to be all up your alley. But for those of us who don't have Olympic weights just hanging around, um, do you have the Oculus Quest, the Oculus. virtual reality quest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are two apps on there that are fantastic. One is Supernatural, which is similar to like a Beat Saber, where you have like these laser swords and you're sort of like hitting things and there's music and there's coaching and they just came out with like a boxing um, part of it too. Super fun, but then there's also another one that's a boxing app called Thrill of the, Fla- Thrill of the Fight, where you're, you're boxing, but you don't get hit. It's amazing. <laughs> And you can really get your heart rate up So and it's fun, right? Because you can, you're in there and like, you feel like you're obviously not physically making contact with anybody, but like, you're seeing this video avatar reacting to your punches in a way mm. that's, you know, it's pretty realistic
1: that's and cool. boxing is a
0: workout. is phenomenal.
1: Yeah. So, so those are
0: my two favorite things right so now. So
1: the Oculus, so you're, you're wearing the virtual reality. Yeah. Um, you're in
0: the virtual reality thing and you've got controllers, controllers. on your hands. So you're like. And uh, it's phenomenal.
1: That's cool. That's so. Fun. If you
0: if you have the Oculus and you're not doing those things, boy, do I know what you're doing this weekend.
1: Yeah, dude. That's 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 awesome. I saw something on Twitter this morning that said if you're um, you know, if you if you have a Peloton bike and you're working out on screen with a trainer like on the screen, you're. You're in the metaverse, like that. pretty much, yeah. <laughs>
0: like, whether you oh, want to be God. or not, like oh, you're kind of there, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll stick with my barbells, but I do, I do want to try that. I do want to try that now that you have mentioned it. That it's um,
0: super fun. I think
1: my kids would love that too. So they
0: would. Yeah. Just be careful that yeah, if they could. get it, you might not get it back. Might not so. get it
1: back. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> um, all right. So your least favorite exercise
0: do just about anything for a little bit. So like, I I think I, when you asked me this first time I put burpees on there, but that was before I kind of got like into this. And so like, that's both my favorite and my least favorite. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite because if I had five minutes, like that's going to kick my butt and do great. But it's also like, God, this
2: sucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I did a 2000 burpee challenge a couple of months ago during the summer. We were traveling a lot and I saw it somewhere and I was like, yeah, that'll give me something to do while we're traveling. That's a lot of, that's a hundred burpees for 20 days out of the month. It is no joke. Yeah, Yeah. no joke. And so I got all kinds of creative with how to get those in. (laughs) I,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. So I used to do Olympic weightlifting back when I was in high school. It was, that was actually how we did strength training was Mm -hmm. Olympic weightlifting with a really good coach. Yeah. And, uh, so I was, I, I love the clean and jerk hate the snatch Mm. just it never, it never clicked with me. I never got the mechanics right. Clean jerk, I could, I could do and I could pull off, but like snatches and front squats were just like, ugh, blah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of people compare learning the snatch to learning how to golf so that it's, you know, the, the technique is so much more important than the strength, but yeah. the more strength you have with the correct technique, the more powerful you can be, you know, with that swing or, you know, with the snatch. I'm terrible at golf. always have been. So uh, yeah, I'm awful. I,
0: like,
1: I, I can appreciate people that don't like the snatch because I do not like the golf.
0: <laughs> yeah. We went yeah. golfing. I went golfing with friends last week and in, in advance, I said like, I'm very bad and I will ruin your day. But if you still want me to go, I'll go. And, uh, <laughs> I proved myself right. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. The snatch was just one that again, like I never got it quite right. It never mm-hmm. felt right. But the clean and jerk I could, I could pull off and that yeah. was fun
1: yeah it is fun It feels yeah. like you can move a lot of weight move it overhead and feel strong yeah. i love it I yeah love and
0: just it. like the the vision of i never videoed myself because this was back before fun was invented and we didn't have video cameras all the time but uh, just the visual of when you're done with the clean and jerk right and you've got that split stance and it's over your head and like you feel like a million bucks like that's pretty cool
1: yeah no yeah uh-huh. it is and dropping the barbell that's my favorite oh
0: yeah that's bad that's the best, that's the best. you can do that, that without best. lifting weights by the way i don't know if you do that <laughs>
1: You can. It
0: it sounds exactly the same.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, well that was fun. And thank you for that. We um I love learning about just the fitness kind of background and stories of people. Similar to the way I love learning about money stories of people. Like I think that's all, you know, fun with clients too, and I can dive into that and hear a little bit about how they got to where they are with their money. Um, kind of background and what happened in their family, how they learned about handling money from the early kind of mm-hmm. onset of life that always trickles into who they are as adults. Sure. And I think fitness background always trickles into what we move toward as adults. You know, I think you know, speaking of finance and money stories, and um, I think I mentioned to you, my mom was in, you know, has always been in taxes my whole life. And with Holista Plan, and I think what I love, what I'm seeing about that is it encompasses the relational side of money into your financial plan, into your tax planning part of your financial plan. So it, people care about taxes when it means that they get to do more of what they love. They get to save for things that matter to them and they get to, you know, keep more of their money in their pocket instead of giving it away to the government. And so Holista Plan, you know, provides financial advisors really with the opportunity to answer those questions for them without having to say, you know, go to your CPA and then come back to me after y'all figured that piece of it out. So Tell me a little bit more about, you said you've known them from level, you know, negative one. Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, from there to where it is today and what you see, how you use it in your practice. And I don't know, like, I just, I'm just so curious to hear more about how this idea came to market and what really is impacting financial advisors with what y'all do at Holista Plan
0: sure so i'll give a little bit of background and i think both for me but as well as for roger and kevin the two guys who who founded it we all come from the fee-only napfa comprehensive financial planning school right where our entry into the field wasn't just investments or insurance it was we're going to look at your whole picture yep. and when you do that Um, You look at everybody's documents, right? You look at all their insurance, you look at all of their estate planning, you look at their tax returns, Yes. right? Already looking at tax returns, at least, you know, 10 years ago, separated you from every broker dealer who doesn't want anything to do with taxes because it's scary and there's compliance and we don't want to do anything like that. And it also separated you from, you know, the old school, like financial planning means investments and we'll say it's financial planning, but it's really investment focused. Right. 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 So one of the things that they picked up on, so Roger Pine, who was one of the founders and I, we did a podcast for other financial advisors called Zebra Smash. This would have been four years ago, four or five years ago. Okay. And one of our first episodes, I think it was our 10th episode, which happened to be our most downloaded episode ever was We called it just two guys reading a tax return, but it was the two of us going over, you know, a 1040 and saying, here are our respective firm's checklist for how we do tax planning. Because every firm that does real tax planning has that checklist, right? Is the filing status right? Did they put the right number of dependents on there? Did they claim the right number of credits Um, at the time? they Were they capturing deductions correctly? Like you just go through this list. You're not doing the taxes, but you're just... You're looking at it because yes, you know what it means. Yeah. The thing that I always used to laugh at was, you know, my CPA does this. Every CPA does this. They sell your clients. They, send, they tell you, look at your tax return and tell me if everything looks okay. <laughs> Who can do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> what normal person can do that? That's like your doctor handing you your x-ray and saying, yeah, let me know if it looks fine. <laughs> like, You don't know. Um, That's so
1: true. That's so true. It's ridiculous,
0: right? But, you know, CPAs do that. They have to, right? They have to say, like, yeah, you're the client. you got to let me know if this looks right because ultimately the onus is on you, the taxpayer, to make sure everything's right. Mm -hmm. Well, clients can't do that. And especially clients of financial advisors shouldn't be expected to do that because that's a financial advisor's role. If they're a true financial advisor, they should be helping with that if not doing it, Right. Um, So, you know, we, Roger was the one who sort of picked up on the idea that, okay, if we're all sort of doing the same thing with these checklists, maybe there's a little bit of a difference here and there, but we're all kind of doing the same thing. And Roger also having a background in programming, realized that you could use optical character recognition technology to read a tax return because everybody's tax return looks exactly the same. The numbers are different, right? And the forms that you have are different. But... Your 1040 and my 1040 are going to be laid out exactly the same. Now, your state return and my state return are going to be different. Right. But if you've got a uniform document, you can use optical character recognition to read it and then take that information, repackage it into something that's prettier, but allows an advisor to then tell the story about, yes, your 80-page tax return, let's summarize it in one and a half pages with the most important things. Like, do you need to know everything that got... Every entry on every line on form 8959 or you just need to know that you paid a couple hundred bucks in the excess Medicare tax Right excess Medicare wages, right? And so that's what the first product was with our tax report, which again That's you scan in a tax return you upload a tax return and if we can read it the right way We can turn back something around in you know a couple of minutes That's summarizing the return but also including a list of observations based on what we see on the return if there's something in a particular field, or if there's an inclusion of a particular schedule, we'll have observations in there about, you might consider this, you might think about this, you might consider this, you might think about this. Yeah. That's what every and, advisor who was doing tax planning was already doing, but it took them 45 minutes to do.
1: Right, because they had to say it, right? Mm-hmm. And- they had
0: to, Well, they had to read the return. Right. They had to type their own deliverable out somehow. Right. Which may or may not have been pretty, but maybe they didn't even have a deliverable. Right. So they had to say it out loud or they had to type it up. Um, That takes time, right?
2: It does, yeah. If
0: you can do the same thing, and this is, again, this is one of the few instances where financial planning software, where fintech software actually saves time, this is it, right? Money Guide Pro doesn't save you time. It makes you a better planner, maybe more depth, but it doesn't save you time. Um, Mm -hmm. Rebalancing software maybe saves you time um, compared to doing stuff just by hand. It probably makes you more accurate. Right. But this takes a process that, again, if you're doing it the right way, probably takes about 30 to 45 minutes And reduces it down to two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true
0: efficiency. That's huge.
1: And on the client end, you know, back to that behavior piece, if I'm you know, I'm a client and I'm looking at all of these numbers, I'm immediately overwhelmed. You know? Immediately overwhelmed by all of these numbers. And the the words next to them corresponding to it are words that I've never never defined before in my life. Versus taking it and putting into conversational um report that's paragraphs that's laid out in a i mean not a story format because it's true but in a format that that i as a person with a normal human emotive brain, as I read through, it makes sense to me, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's where, you know, being still a practicing advisor helps me with my job, because when I'm talking to new folks on the platform or existing folks on the platform, I always phrase the tax report as use this to tell your story. We're not going to tell the story for you at Holistic Plan because we don't know how you want to do it. But we put this together in a way that should help you tell your tax story to your clients and emphasize what you think is going to be the most important thing, right? So I know for me, one of the most important things talking to clients is still, you know, clients that have been with me for a long time is this differentiation between ordinary income and capital gains income and how they're taxed differently and how, you know, you have different marginal rates for these two things and Mm -hmm. how, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's true. If you have a hundred thousand dollars of capital gains and you're a married filing joint individual, you won't pay any federal income taxes blows people's minds, (laughs) right? Blows people's minds. But there's nothing out there that can visualize that
1: until holistic
0: came around. Right. So now we can. Um, and it's those little pieces where, again, there's probably going to be more on any one report that you're going to need to or want to talk to, Mm -hmm. but it's going to allow you to tell that story how you want to, right? Here's this tax savings that we did last year. Here's what it quantified to when you take your marginal rate and multiply it by the dollars that we save. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, Here's why you're able to itemize, here's um, you know, here's the summary of your Schedule C stuff on one piece of paper. Oh, and by the way, you never mentioned that you opened an account at Bank of America. I should probably know that to put it on your net worth statement, but because I'm looking at your tax return and see on Schedule B, Bank of America, where I'd never seen it before, uh, it removes that pressure sometimes, because I don't know about you, but uh, my clients don't tell me everything. <laughs> Not because they mean to hide it, but because life is hard and like stuff yeah. gets in the way. And so you know, yeah. working with professors, they do honorariums all the time. They write books. They don't tell me. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> look at that. Uh, you had a $10,000 honorarium. You know, if, is that going to happen again? Oh, it is? Okay, well, we should think about setting up a SEP IRA for you so that we can defer some of the taxation until later. So yeah. you know, it's that sort of stuff that allows you, A, to tell your story better to your clients, but it just allows you to be a better advisor.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, again back to the behavior thing. Sometimes they forget. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes they're f- like that fear paralyzes them from having that conversation. And so, you know, I think it was uh, one of one of my podcasts. I think it might have been Jeremy. Like we sit in such a cool seat as a financial advisor to be able to like. Have those conversations with our clients Mm -hmm. is such an amazing opportunity to be able to take something they're afraid about and help them have that conversation to the point where they feel like they can manage it or something that they're unsure about. Again, back to the point of being able to manage it, like you're taking something out of the realm of, I can't handle it because it's either too overwhelming or too scary or too unknown to, here are the opaque, steps. Right? We, it's opaque, right, right? It's taxes opaque. are
0: opaque,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and now, you know, here are the steps to walk through this to that resolution point that you want, whether it's paying less taxes or managing the tax bill that you have now, um, you know, over the next year. Not only can I help you interpret that this was correct or not correct, or fix it, or here we are, and now here's how we're gonna step that out over the next year and handle it together.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a great segue too, because it sort of brings in the other component. So like the tax report is almost like the backwards looking, like here's what happened last year based on that. Here's what we might think about this year, but it's now grown to a projection tool where we can start modeling. Okay. If last year and this year look about the same, here's what your tax bill is going to be. And here's the things that we might start thinking about. So now you're bringing in actual tax planning, Mm -hmm. right? Roth Mm -hmm. conversions, charitable contributions. Um, those sorts of things, changing uh, your retirement plan contributions. Are you self-employed? So qualified business income deductions, so like stuff that really is meaningful and impactful, not just this year, but next year. So one of the things that we did most recently, and it's kind of a nightmare, but um, I think it's been really <laughs> valuable, is that you know in September, when the House committee came out with this overhaul of how taxes were going to work, kind of freaked people out. right? Right. Anytime you have any changes in taxes, people freak out.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. We were able to program in those changes. The assumption,
1: the assumption behind that is they're just trying to get more taxes out of me. Any change that happens, that's always the assumption. That is
0: always the assumption. My taxes are going up. If taxes are changing, my taxes are going up, right? Right. I had a client, I swear to God, he, he told me he's been, he's in his late sixties. No, it's early seventies. He said that, uh, in his entire life, his taxes have never gone down. And I was like, that's impossible (laughs) (laughs) that is not possible but that's his story right Right. that's his story that his taxes have never gone down i'm like i i've seen your tax return for the last 10 years i can promise you your taxes have gone down because of the changes but it's not salient to him right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah
0: so with the stuff that came out in september there was a lot of concern that everybody's taxes were going up. Some people even this year, my taxes are going up this year. That's not fair. Well, we were, we were able to program in what those proposed changes were going to look like. So an advisor could sit down and say, here's what this year's going to look like under the current rules. Here's what it's going to look like under the proposed rules for this year. Here's what it's going to look like under the proposed rules for next year. And guess what? You married filing joint couple. Your income's not over $450,000. There's no difference. Yeah. So go back and live your life. Right? Yeah. Now some people it was yeah. gonna change and those people needed to know about that. Yeah. But for a lot of people there wasn't it's a it's a nothing burger, right? right? Right. So just the ability to show people that and not just say it, but show them here's all the math, here's how it's not gonna change, there's power in that.
1: Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on my mom for a minute because Please she do. has she again, her experience she's never been a CPA, but she has like level five, I think. Uh, certification, and she's been there for years and years and years and years. And so um, she has... She's she looks for efficiency. Efficiency. She looks for opportunities. And so, you know, from a young age, she's always been the one to suggest, "Hey, you know, put a thousand dollars into your traditional IRA because it'll offer you this other additional tax break." And she's always been the one that's been so opportunistic and on the front edge of planning, tax planning. And so, my understanding is that the software Holistic Plan does. I offers financial advisors because i think that's more of in a financial advisor realm like a cpa can do those things but i don't think a lot of times you're going to find that from your cpa relationship but once you get into a financial advisor relationship they're the ones that are helping you look at hey if you were to do file single um mar- you know married uh, separate or married joint here are the differences here and I think that's a huge advantage that if the CPA is not doing that for them, for your client, for you to be able to step in and offer that type of differential planning, like you said, here's what it would look like with the old laws. Here's what it looks like with the new laws. Let's get ahead of this curve. Let's make sure we can, you know, reduce your taxes that's some alpha that a financial advisor can gain for their clients if their CPA is not doing it.
0: So much to unpack there. So I'm going to paint with a really broad brush. And before okay. I do it, I will say, like, there are plenty of CPAs who I know are, who are phenomenal forward thinking, right? They're really good planners. They I want a list not...
1: of all of them. I want yeah. a list of all of them, okay? <laughs> like, they would not call
0: themselves financial <laughs> planners, but they they do think about, you know, this year, next year, and and sequentially. That's the minority. Most mm-hmm. CPAs, and this is not judgmental. This is just, and this is no, this anecdotal. Is not realm. Like, they're this, backwards yeah. looking, right? Yeah. Their job yeah. is to make sure the numbers on the page are right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's their job, right? Mm-hmm. And they do yeah. that job very, very, very well, well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: right? And they're phenomenal at it. They make sure that you're compliant. They make sure yeah. although this is stupid. They make sure that you pay the government what the government thinks that you should pay them, even though the government already knows what you should pay them and makes you do the accounting anyway. Yes. Right? <laughs> that's a different podcast but you know most cpas are really good at that yeah there is a subset critical there's a subset that are really good planners and forward-looking for sure but where a financial advisor can really provide value not just in one year but in every year is in this realm of tax planning right so you think about the elements of financial advising are you really adding value every year on insurance planning every year? Probably not, right? Maybe at the outset, maybe a couple years down the road when there are life events, but like you're not adding value every year for insurance planning for the most part. Same with estate planning. Are you really reviewing everybody's estate plan? Every year has enough change for you to add value there every single year. Probably not on the, uh, even on long-term retirement projections, like is your Monte Carlo stuff really changing every year? Maybe doubtful. Are your investments changing? Well, some people used to argue and might continue to argue that that's where they add value is on the investment side. Uh, Via con Dios, uh, probably not true for most of us um, because there's just too many variables. But where's the place where you can add value every year? Tax planning. You got to pay taxes yes. every year. And the rules change sometimes three times in the span of a month, right? Uh, (laughs) Sometimes after
1: the taxes have already been done.
0: That's exactly right. Uh, uh, Jess, I don't know if you know, taxes might change like in the next hour as we're recording this. So
2: um,
0: as an advisor, your ability to stay current on that and to calm your clients down, but also to really do tax planning to not just, and this is something I emphasize with my clients and I think is a really valuable piece, the value and the goal of tax planning is not to reduce your tax bill to zero. The value and the goal should be to keep your lifetime tax bill as low as it should be.
1: Correct. Yeah. Right.
0: So that might mean paying some taxes now. So a non-zero tax bill isn't a bad thing if it means 10 years from now, your tax bill is considerably lower than it would be if you didn't do anything. So I think about that. It's our lifetime tax rate that we want to be mindful of. It's not our tax rate in any one year. But that's where the projection tool and just thinking about these things from a planner standpoint comes in really valuable. If folks aren't doing that right now, they're gonna be at a huge disadvantage because that is one of the few places left where you can truly add alpha value, whatever you wanna call it, every year.
1: No, 100%, and and even like you said, looking further into the future and seeing, I mean, I've, I've had so many conversations lately about the Roth conversion um, because of the Build Build Back Better um, and and the fact that they've put it on and off and on and off and right now it's on the table again to do away with the backdoor Roth and the mega like backdoor Roth. It Looks
0: like it's not long for this world.
1: It does not look as long for the world. And from a tax standpoint, it makes sense, but it's just it's heartbreaking to see some of those opportunities you know go away and it's you know the argument is that it's only a helping the mega wealthy where you know personally I have clients who've for right wrong or indifferent they've delayed their retirement planning until these last 10-15 years of their highest earning years and now the ability for them to save you know above and beyond those pre-tax or Roth you know contributions into that after-tax contribution space inside of uh, you know a lower fee account that's designated for retirement that's siloed away. I mean, it, it, it. Honestly, I'm mad about it. Like, I'm just mad about it. But for right, wrong, or indifferent, that is again where your CPA is probably not going to step in and offer these long-term planning solutions because, like you said, they're just they're there to assure that you aren't going to jail for not paying the right amount of taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a high liability for them and for you and they are serving that function well and you know the financial planning opportunity side of it is there for the taking whether they take it or a financial advisor takes it Um, i love seeing the opportunity on my side because then i get to add the value and then that my client is is one to me in that you know, arena of this person, you know, my financial advisor is helping me determine whether or not, you know, I need to be contributing to a Roth or to a traditional IRA at this moment in time based on my future and my current, you know, tax liabilities. And I don't know, holistic plan to me just seems to be one of the, I don't want to say it's the only solution out there, but it definitely seems like to be the best, oper- you know, solution out there to integrate with the technologies that we're already using and the processes that already make sense to us, to be able to deliver that to a client in a way that they can feel and understand. And I love that.
0: Yeah, and I think that was the goal, right? So, you know, one of the things that Roger is fond of saying is that, you know, one of the missions of Holistic Plan is to somehow bring financial planning to more people, Yeah. right? Um, And I think you can do that with our tool in a way that isn't as intimidating as the handful of things that might have existed before we arrived. So, you know, there are tax planning programs out there, but they're clunky, uh, user unfriendly, and they're certainly not geared towards the end client's experience. They're geared for the user's experience, right? Your experience. Right. They got a high learning curve and very little support so you know your bna your tax tools like they're great programs they're very uh, comprehensive and there's nothing really there outside of a printout with some columns that you might be able to actually walk a client through i don't think that's very compelling um, but what we're, where we bridge that gap was here's something that is digestible on the client side and it's something too where we're constantly thinking about how can we make this easier prettier for the end client yep. but also for the advisor I don't know if you have any experience with tax tools or BNA. The learning curve is like matterhorn steep, right? It's yeah. really hard um, and sometimes unnecessary. So how do we bridge that gap between nothing or spreadsheets, which is even worse than nothing sometimes, and this hyper complicated, very involved data entry thing well, is there something that we can do that's kind of in between, which is where we we aim for, and I think we did a pretty good job of putting that together.
2: Ben had some really helpful insight, not just from the perspective of current tax legislation, but also with how he specifically handles that in his financial planning practice to optimize taxes for his clients. HolistaPlan is on the cutting edge of tax planning software for financial advisors, and not just because they are smart, but also because they really do seem to care about solving the problems that advisors are facing as they implement tax planning into their financial planning practices. To connect with Ben on anything we discussed today, including how to get started with Holista Plan, look him up on Twitter at Ben underscore Pisces, on LinkedIn as Ben Birkin CFP, or on his website at www.PiscesFinancial.com. Thanks for listening, friends. Now go lift heavy and be kind.